Today, I'm interviewing Rebecca Whitman. She is a podcast host herself, an abundance coach, and her whole thing is that there are seven pillars of abundance. And when we can really, really tap into those, then we can create massive abundance in our lives. I mean, I really believe in working out and being healthy, but not to look good, to feel good. It's more important to feel good than to look good is one of my big teachings. What's up, ladies? Welcome back to the Just Realize podcast. I'm so excited that you are here. Thank you, thank you, thank you for continuing to support me on this journey. So today's episode is a fun one. I love doing interviews. Well, because I just obviously love to talk, but I just love connecting with other women. And there's just so many, just so many different ways to look at the same thing. And every time I connect with someone, I feel like I just learned that next thing that I really, really needed to continue to up level and grow and whatever that thing is in the moment is always right on time. So I'm super excited about today's episode. It's all around creating abundance in your life. Today I'm interviewing Rebecca Whitman. She is a podcast host herself, an abundance coach, and her whole thing is that there are seven pillars of abundance. And when we can really, really tap into those, then we can create massive abundance in our lives. She also is the author of the book, How to Make a Six-Figure Income Working Part-Time. So go check that out. And again, it explains how we can tap into these areas, get everything in sync so that we can live abundantly. So I think you guys will enjoy this episode. It was a really, really good one for me. And speaking of getting in sync, you guys know I am really, really leaning into this idea of syncing our style with our cycle or just the energy and mood that you are really trying to create based on where you are at in your life. So if you guys are interested, I am so, 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 so excited about this and I feel more aligned than ever because I feel like I've finally figured out how to tap into like the spiritual side of things and the style side of things and use it as self-care. So if you're ready to get in sync with your style so that every day starts with the confidence and clarity that you need so you can be an unstoppable badass then DM me over on Insta at Katie Allen Stylist for the details to the super new offer that I just announced on last week's episode, but it's my Stepping Into Sync Style. It's an intro offer for only $77 to get people excited and just get people who've maybe never even thought that style could be used as a self-care tool. Just, I really want so many people to have access to this because I truly, truly believe in it. So if you're ready to get started and just dabble in this a little bit, reach out to me over on Insta. My website is going live. I don't know if the website's going to be live when this episode airs, but follow me on Instagram. I will tell you I am right in that really, really weird in-between phase where like I'm transporting everything over from my old website to this website and um, that information will be up there too. But without further ado... Please listen to today's episode about how to master the seven pillars of abundance so you can begin receiving a massive abundance in your life today. I hope you guys enjoy it. If you feel called, please rate, review, and share the podcast. It means the world to me when you guys support me on this journey. And I hope you enjoy. Talk to you soon. Bye. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. I am super excited today about this interview and I am excited to bring you a brand new guest. Today I have with me Rebecca Whitman. She's a success mentor and life coach, helping women trade burnout for balance. Thank you so much for being here today, Rebecca. Thank you for having me, Katie. I'm so excited. Awesome. Let's just jump right in and you can just jump right in and tell us a little bit about yourself and that whole idea of helping women trade burnout for balance. I'm really, really excited to dig into that today. 
Right. Well, we were just talking before we hit record. I was taught like you were that you go to school, you get good grades <laughs> and the people with the A's made all the money and the people with the C's and D's work for the people who made the A's. And I studied really hard. I got into Princeton University, graduated with honors. I moved to New York City and the only jobs I could get were internships. So I was like, I'm not going to be an intern and work for free after an Ivy League education. So I looked for something in the newspaper back in ancient history before online job <laughs> sites. And the ad said, circle me. So they said that if I, you know, sold these products for five years, I could like retire. And I was like, are you kidding? I would, I'll do that. So I signed up for my first network marketing company and I did not retire after five years, but I studied with self-made millionaires and I learned some incredible sales skills. So fast forward to, I was 30 years old. I'm like, life is short. I've got to go to LA and pursue my dream of being an actress. It's now or never. So instead of being a waitress and auditioning, I had part-time sales jobs. And I was using my other time, free time. I didn't get as many auditions as I liked, even though I did get to work on shows like Friends, CSI, and 24 as a, you know, as an extra pretty much. But I did have time to study with great spiritual teachers. So I studied with Michael Beckwith and Marion Williamson and Wayne Dyer and Abraham Hicks. And as I was making my money doing sales, I was pursuing this spiritual path so I had never written a book or even thought about writing a book. And my father was on his deathbed and he said, Rebecca, will you write something? I don't care if it's a book, an article, an essay, just write something. I had no idea what to write, but I believe that God speaks through people. So I was sitting in my financial planner's office and workout clothes. And he was like, I'm looking at your portfolio. You're growing really financially. You're like expanding. You're doing well but you are always coming to our meetings in your workout clothes. So why don't you write a book for women that explains how you're able to make six figures and like live in workout clothes. And I'm like, you know what? I am going to call my book, how to make six figures working part time. And I looked at how I was doing it and I divided my life into seven key areas. And when all those areas were in alignment, I was able to not only make six figures, but experience radiant health and be happy and have a beautiful balanced life. So that's now what I coach and teach women on these seven pillars of abundance, as I call them. I love that. I love that whole story. I definitely love the part about chasing the dreams and becoming an actress. I was like, yes, just go do it. I love yeah. all the different things that we have to try before we kind of find that one thing that really speaks to us. I I'm so glad you brought up the seven pillars because that's all I want to talk about. <laughs> it's so exciting to me. So let's just jump into that because I just think that sounds really good. And speaking of checking boxes, like give me the seven boxes so I can start checking them. Yes, absolutely. So they're in order of importance. So spirituality is first. So it's very important to have a relationship with a power greater than yourself. You can call it whatever you want. I choose to call it God and to me, God is love. So I really believe in teaching my clients to get a great morning practice going so you can start your day in tune with your spirituality. And that way, whatever life throws at you, whatever you're doing, a mom, an entrepreneur, business person, coach, you can stay calm and present and learn and have faith that it's all going to work out. So that's the first area. The second area is fitness. So I believe in body before business. A lot of people that I coach are like, Oh my God, how do you stay in such good shape? I literally plan my days around my workouts. Like that is my number one priority is my health. I believe that you can have all the money in the world and even the most beautiful romantic relationship. But if you don't have the energy or the health to enjoy it, what's the point? So the second pillar is your fitness. The third pillar is your emotional life. Now that comes before romance because if you're in a bad place emotionally, you are going to attract a toxic relationship. And I have come from many toxic relationships. <laughs> I'm finally in love with my soulmate and we're getting married this year on 12-21-21. I'm so excited. Congratulations. Yeah. Yay. I'm so excited. So yeah. So emotions is next. How to stay calm and centered. And the next one is romance. 
romance affects finance mm. and your romantic life is very important. If you're, if you have a big dream and you have someone, you know, that you're sharing in bed with, that's always telling you it's never going to happen. It's going to be really, really hard to make that big dream happen. I like that. That speaks to me personally, kind of when we started talking, that is how I got to this like kind of aha moment. I just started my personal styling business back in November. Funny, it's been like a 20 year road to get there. Like I went to school for fashion. I've always done this, but it took me 20 years to come back to myself to say that that's what I wanted to do. But my husband's support is hands down one of the number one reasons that I know I was able to find that space because he gave me the space after losing my job this summer to just say, figure it out. So that that is so beautiful. I love that, you know, he gave you the space. To me, love is space. It's not control. So I've come from, you know, past relationships that the partners that I chose were very controlling. And I think it's so beautiful that your husband gave you the space to come back to yourself. I love that. I know I can't even express and it definitely like deepened our relationship. I would have said before that our relationship was already good, but I can just him letting me do that. Just like definitely deepen that for a whole different level for me. So I love that you said romance impacts finance because for women, I think we tell ourselves that's one of the bigger stories we tell ourselves about why we can't follow our dreams is because our husbands, our kids or whoever. Yeah. I got you off track of because that one was just like, oh, that's so good. Well, no, let's we can talk about them as they go if there's something in the pillar that we that you want to talk about. So the next one after romance is mental. So this podcast is helping people expand their mind and learn something. There's so many great podcasts, books, audible, YouTube videos. We're kind of in the golden age of information. So there's so many ways to learn and there's just endless ways to expand our minds. So mental is always be growing and learning something. Uh, the next one is social. So they say that your income is a reflection of the five people you socialize with the most. So if you have big goals, it's great to have friends that are even at a higher level than you that can lift you up and you can learn from and inspire you. I'm not saying to drop your old friends, but I'm just saying to always kind of be around people that have like-minded goals because it's really inspiring and you want women, especially if you're a woman, to hold you high and believe in you and cheer you on as you go for your big hairy goals. So that's social. And then finally, financial. So it's the last one that clicks into place. Everybody thinks it's first, like I'll make all this money then I'll hire a trainer, then I'll get in great shape, then I'll meet the love of my life, then I'll be emotionally happy, then I'll have time to take classes and work on my mental, then I'll meet friends in the classes. So it's that's the opposite of how it goes, in my opinion. So finances is the last thing to click into place. And the finances come a lot easier when you're happy, when you're physically fit, when you're spiritually, you know, conditioned to, to be positive no matter what. And I have been making six figures working part-time now for 15 years and it just continues to be easy. Oh, I love that. It's so funny is kind of like everything you were saying. And I've been real deep into money mindset work lately, like taking that transition from corporate America to entrepreneur. And the one thing I've told everybody is it's changed my life, but it's changed all the other pieces of my life. Cause I think I was kind of doing it backwards. Like you were just saying is like, I started reading these books and they were expanding my mind, but then I wasn't necessarily taking the money pieces. It's all those books tell you to fix all the other parts of your life. <laughs> so I was like, okay, now I need to do the work here, here, and here. Then the money shows up. So I love that. I love that. Um, that's great. And I got them numbered. I was like taking notes the whole time. So let's go back up. And I have a couple of questions through each of the, pe- um, a couple of each of the ones. Great. And I wanted to start with, so you say that and it's great and it's amazing. And I love all the things around it, but which one of those areas do you feel like women usually struggle with? Like you, you get a new client and she, and you position this to her, What's usually that first reaction that comes up or like the one that they have the most resistance for? And how do you kind of get them past that point? 
I think everybody's different. You know, mm -hmm. I would say finance is number one, probably, because people think of me more as a financial coach, um, but I'm really a lifestyle coach. Um, finance would be where women would come to me going, okay, like, I hate my job. I want to make six figures working part time. How do I do it? Um, but another huge one for women is fitness. Women have struggled with body image and self-esteem and perfectionism. I know I have for so many years and I call it um, internalizing the patriarchy, right? So men are the ones who have told us that we have to look skinny and perfect and young our whole lives to be okay, just to be desirable and have status as women, but we get to determine what is beautiful so I think changing the paradigm to looking perfect to please men versus like feeling good and strong in our own body. I mean, I really believe in working out and being healthy, but not to look good, to feel good. It's more important to feel good than to look good is one of my big teachings. Yeah, I love that. I love everything you just said around that about internalizing it. That's powerful. Since spirituality is the first one, when a woman comes to you and you present this and we're kind of trying to lay that foundation, if she doesn't have a solid spiritual practice, regardless of what she believes in or where she's, you know, how she grew up, what's like the easiest thing, or maybe she's just lost touch. Um, what's like the easiest thing or the number one thing to get someone kind of started in that space? that can apply to anyone, no matter where they're at, what they believe, or, you know, how they were raised? I think it's just deciding every morning before you start your day that even if you can create a five-minute window to plug into your spirituality, it's amazing what you can get done in five minutes. You can write a gratitude list. You can read, you know, one or two pages from spiritual literature. You can light a candle. You can burn incense. You can, like, you know, close your eyes and meditate for five minutes. So I like to say, if you keep your appointment with God, you won't be disappointed in what happens with your day. Um, so just to, to budget your time in the morning, like everyone can get up five minutes earlier and start with five minutes and then build it from there. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. I think a morning routine is the number one thing that can radically change my life. And even today, like I get up so many hours before my kids, <laughs> I have a whole list of things I got to get through before anybody's feet hit the ground. If That's great. What time do you wake up? I get up at five. Um, my kids don't get up until like seven, but I, what I've been doing is I start with my gratitude list that takes about five minutes. Then I take five minutes and write my, I am affirmations for my goals. Like I'm already living them. Yeah. And, and then I read because the reading is such a big part of me and helping out my mind. And then, um, I work out and then somehow this takes two hours. <laughs> Even though when I just said that, I was like, how does that take two hours? for? Like 15 minutes, 20 minutes. But then what happens is I kind of push it. It depends on like how I'm into it. Right. Mm -hmm. But some of this is, you know, getting out, brushing your teeth, getting downstairs. I have to have like my three drinks. I have to have like my espresso, my hot lemon water, and then just my regular water. So there's a little prep time in there too. <laughs> you can never have too many liquids in the morning. I'm a big believer in right when you wake up to have your room temperature lemon water because it flushes out the toxins that accumulated while you were sleeping. And I just, I start my day every morning with lemon water. I actually put uh, lemon and lime in it. Ooh, yeah, I haven't tried lime. I mean, I love lime, so that makes a lot of sense. But I, I think that's like the hands down the biggest thing. Um, if you, if you had a limited time in the morning, say like there's, you know, things are a little out of whack, something's going on in your life and you only had like 10 minutes in the morning, what would the one thing be that you would do to set your morning up? Well, that was like this morning. <laughs> I only yeah. had a limited amount of time. Um, I, I write three lists. So I write a gratitude list, a surrender list and mm. a being list. So Gratitude, we all know. Surrender is what's causing me anxiety in my life. I write it down and surrender it to God. And then the third thing is how how do I want to be that day? Because I'm a human being, not a human doing. 
And if I'm being a certain way, I'm going to get results. So I like today I said, I want to be loving. I want to be present. I want to be connected. I want to be powerful. So those are the three lists that I write. And what else did I do this morning? Oh, I just read a page from, you know, a spiritual book that I had time to read and that was it. And that, that kind of set my tone. That was enough just to get me tuned into my spirituality and ready for the day. That's so good. I love the surrender list. I think I'm going to have to add that to my list. Yeah. My uh, roof is, le- well, my downstairs ceiling is leaking right now. And I've been trying to surrender that one. <laughs> that one's going too long because then you'll have a flood. No, we're working on it. It's a whole, <laughs> it's a whole thing. Like someone thinks it's the roof. Someone else thinks it's the shower. Like we're going back and forth. And I'm like, I'm really trying to surrender that. Cause at the end of the day, it can be fixed as long as everybody's healthy. That's all that really matters. Yes. Everything is going to work out. And you know, it's kind of like we get in our minds that it's not going to work out. And I think that's just part of how human minds are made, right? Because when we used to be fighting like the woolly mammoth, we were literally fighting for our survival every day. And they call that the limbic system or the reptilian brain. So our brains are wired to like fight or flight and make everything just huge. But now we have a more evolved part of our brain that can say no, it's you know, the roof is going to get fixed. And there's not always going to be a leak, everything's going to be okay. And just keep taking the right action. I like to say just do the next indicated action and it's all going to work out. I love that. I, I, I'm trying really hard. It's a funny story is like on Friday night. We were watching Netflix together, relaxing, like, you know, like, oh, it's been a week. And then we're sitting there and all of a sudden I'm like, I think my foot is wet. (laughs) I was like, did this just drip from the ceiling? So yeah, that just happened. But I love that. Like, just do the next right thing or the next thing that you can do. And that's all you can do. Yeah. So I think that's a great segue into emotion and calming and centered. And I love what you were saying about the brain and being the two different pieces. Can we talk about that for a minute? Um, Sure. Like, how do we, like, I feel like I've heard this a little bit and I don't know much about it and maybe you do and we can get into this, like that top down, bottom up, like different parts of the brain and how we're using them for different things and different functions. And I think that ties back to our emotions and how we can leverage those. Cause I'm really trying to embody this space of, um, not being super reactive and feeling the emotion and letting it feel itself and work itself out instead of constantly staying in it, which I think touches on what you were saying of like that fight or flight, like of saying like, okay, I know I feel anxious right now in this moment, but if I sit here long enough, you know, I can kind of let that pass and move on with my day. Yeah, you know, I can speak into reacting versus responding. So I used to be a huge reactor and I was very easily triggered. I had like a short temper. And now I, when I feel myself reacting and getting triggered and feel like, you know, my blood boiling or the anger, I take a pause and I just take a breath. They say that the mind controls the body, but the breath controls the mind. So mm-hmm. I take a deep breath, I pause, and I ask myself, what would love do? How would love respond? How would love react to this person, place, or situation? And and that has helped me a lot to be responsive, not reactive, and really make a conscious decision to be loving and I don't even have kids. I can't imagine how, you know, in the moment and reactive it must be, but just to take a pause. And what else about emotions? I can tell you that um, they have studied the brain and our thoughts create highways in the brain. And you can reprogram your brain by kind of changing. If you have like a thought pattern of, there's never enough, right? There's never enough money at the end of the month. There's never enough love. There's never enough, whatever it is, clothes, (laughs) since you're a stylist, there's never enough, right? Mm -hmm. You can, when that thought comes up, like, oh, there's never enough, you know, like that shortage, panicky type thought, you know, I live in an abundant universe. Abundance is everywhere. There's plenty of money to go around. I'm always taken care of. And you can literally like reprogram the neural pathways of your brain 
and it's a discipline like working out, but it's really worked for me because I don't even think the same way as I used to. And of course the old patterns come back, but I, I put the pause button on them and then I come up with an affirmation. I'm huge on affirmations. Um, in my book, I have 21 affirmations. I give you three affirmations for each of these seven pillars and they're really, really helpful for reprogramming the neural pathways of your mind. Oh, I love that. I love affirmations. Like that's, that's literally how this whole journey started for me. Um, that was probably like one of my first steps, even before the morning routine to even get the guts up to even like speak to other women around how I was feeling. So like affirmations, I think hold so much power. And I know that I was reading your blog and one of your recent ones was about the power of words in general. Um, let's talk about that for a second. Cause I feel like this really relates to a lot probably of the seven pillars is this idea of like what we say in our heads, what we say out loud, even like what we write or what we just send out into the, the universe. And like you were just saying, you can start to rewire your brain What's your advice there or some theories there around how to get cognizant of that, I guess, is the first step? Well, just think about how cognizant we are about what we put into our mouths, what goes the other way, right? There's like keto diets and paleo and gluten-free and vegan and pescatarian and we're counting macros, we're counting protein grams and sugar grams and fat grams and there's all these apps that help you track exactly what you eat. Imagine if we had the same uh, attention to what comes out of our mouth. If we were that careful and meticulous about what we said, what, how, what a different result we could have. So I believe that our words have a power. They have a vibration. They actually reverberate. It's kind of like the advertisement you're sending to the boundaries of the universe. And what, what do you want to be advertising to the universe? Do you want to be advertising... You know, I'm happy, I'm whole, I'm healthy, I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be, I'm living my best life, or do you want to be advertising, you know, oh, you know, if I didn't have any bad luck, I wouldn't have any luck at all, and, you know, ain't it awful, like, we're still in the pandemic, it's, you know, just your vibration is carried by the words, and that's what creates your reality, so, and we get to choose our own words, so I think it's so empowering to know that you do get to choose your vibration. So start with just being aware of what comes out of your mouth. Uh, so good. Like interviews over for me when you said, like we count what goes in our mouth constantly, but we never think about what comes out of it. How fucking powerful is that? I love that. I love yeah. that. I've never, like I'm a big believer in the words and you know, I really try to get intentional as I'm navigating this new space myself. It's really, really important, but I never thought about it like that way of we spend so much time worrying about what goes in, what goes in, but never about what comes out. I love that. And I, I agree a thousand percent with what you were saying about creating the vibration. I really, really do. And it's funny. You had said like the five people that you spend enough time around and like, you don't have to get rid of your old friends, but it is hard sometimes when you become really intentional about this, you do start to see everyone in your life a little bit different. And when you are so laser focused on what is coming out of your mouth, I feel like all of a sudden I'm hyper aware of everything that everyone else is saying all the time. And I'm like, I can't, be around that because I don't believe that anymore. Right. I mean, it's almost like nails on a chalkboard. If you yes. have made a decision to be very positive and intentional with your words and you hear somebody with sloppy words and sloppy thinking, and it's like, it reminds you of how you don't want to be. You're like, oh no, yes. don't say that. Edit, 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 delete, delete, delete. Yes. And I'm like, I'm like five seconds away from slipping back into that. So I really need you to stop. <laughs> Yeah, it's easy to slip back into. It is because it's really one of easy. the things that I easily slide into is gossip. You know, my my old saying was, "If you don't have anything nice to say, come sit next to me." And I would love to, like, you know, talk negatively, not like life changing things, like, "Oh, do you think she really needs to wear those jeans?" Like stupid, stupid stuff. And I love celebrity gossip still, but I can participate in celebrity gossip. I don't have to like gossip about people like in my life and. I'm trying to let that behavior go. 
Yeah, that's a big one. And you had said um, at some point earlier about if you're a woman trying to make these changes to make sure that you're surrounding yourself around other women. And that has been such a game changer for me. And I think that also ties back to what you were saying about internalizing the patriarchy or just the patriarchy in general, right? Is like, I've never felt more powerful or supported than when I am with other women who feel that way or that I know I can just be completely open and honest with about any of the things that we're talking about that maybe I'm excelling or maybe I'm struggling in and asking for help. Well, it's changed because when I was younger, women were like deathly competitive with each other over like who looked the best and who had the best guy and who had the best everything. And that is also the internalization of the patriarchy because men knew that if women were constantly competing, that they wouldn't be strong. And now that women, we're in a movement now where we're all about lifting each other up and collaborating and supporting and empowering each other. And that's why the tide is turning. And it's just so incredible to see that women can support each other and lift each other up and not be competitive. It's it's wonderful. Yeah, I, yeah, I completely agree when I look back at the last 15 years or so in corporate America, like my journey through that has totally changed towards the end of it. And it's been amazing. But like you said, if they divide and conquer, but not anymore, people. Yeah. So speaking of men, let's talk about romance. (laughs) I guess men and patriarchy aren't totally together, but felt like a fun segue. So that pillar totally sticks out for me uh, right now, just because like I was saying of where I'm at in my journey. But I feel like I've done some life coaching in the past and I've been part of other communities in the past. And while I haven't had that block, I feel like that's almost the number one thing that comes up for a lot of the women that even join those groups and communities that I've been part of is the, my husband doesn't get it. I can't tell my husband Or, you know, he doesn't, whatever that is, he doesn't understand, or he's holding me back. And can we unpack that for a minute? Because I feel like some of it is true, but I also feel like some of it is we tell it, we use them as a crutch sometimes to not do things because we're scared to do them. Sure. Well, I would like to refer to a book, the first self-help book ever written called Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. It was written in the 1930s. And he said one of the most distinctive traits. He studied the wealthiest people in America at that time. And he studied what made them wealthy. And then he studied average people and he, you know, studied what made them average. And one of the biggest distinctions is successful people are not affected by other people's opinions, whereas average people are. So if a woman decides, okay, I'm going to start my side hustle, I'm leaving my corporate job, or I really want to like, you know, get in shape, and her husband is not being supportive, it doesn't matter. Like if she decides this is what she wants to do and she puts her eye on the prize and she stays focused and she gets support from other women and a coach, then she can do it. Nobody can stop you from achieving your goals and dreams if that's what you decide to do. Now, that being said, imagine how much easier it would be if the husband was supported. So this was this was my second marriage that's happening in December. I had a marriage where my ex-husband was not supportive. I still achieved my six-figure income working part-time. I still achieved my goals and my fitness and, and my spirituality in all seven areas. But how I explain it is, imagine running a marathon and instead of my spouse cheering me on, he was like, you know what? You look kind of fat in those shorts. You know, your butt's jiggling out the back of those shorts. Or, you know, um, do you really think you can win this marathon? Like, maybe you should just stop here and, like, give it up. Like, I still ran the marathon, and I still finished it, but it was a lot harder because my spouse was, like, criticizing me the whole time and making me question myself. Yeah, no, that's true. That's powerful. I love that you said um, thinking grow rich because that's the book I'm actually reading right now in the morning. Yeah. Synchronicity. I love it. Yeah, that's really good. Um, That has definitely shifted my mindset a lot and had me really um, excited last week about the burning desire. And like when you have that burning desire, like it doesn't matter. And essentially like burn the damn bridge and don't look back, which kind of relates to like, Hey, I could run this marathon and be supported or not, but either way I'm going to run it. 
Yes, we're going either way. Either, either way. way. <laughs> yeah, and it definitely would be easy. And I think the one thing I've found or that I've been experiencing a lot lately is whether it's your husband, your parents, your friends, whoever that is, that it's always their own shit. It's yeah. just them projecting it onto you because they're scared because then they have to face their own demons or whatever that word is around, you know, where they're just playing small. Exactly. I mean, if you talk about weight loss, right, if you and your husband are both living the same lifestyle and not eating healthy and not working out, you're both probably, you know, needing to release a few pounds. So if you're like, I'm going to get fit, I'm going to get in shape, I'm doing this with or without you, then he's going to be like, well, who am I going to eat nachos with every Friday night? You know, so of course, you know, it's going to affect him. So yeah, it's, you know, the people that we live with, they say spiritually that your aura extends 30 feet. Oh, wow. So the people that you spend the most time with, they're within that 30 feet. You affect each other's aura. You, you take on each other's stuff, even if you don't know it. Mm, I, love, I mean, I totally believe in that. I think that's so powerful. And I feel like, especially with the four of us here at my house, being together from home, schooling from home, working from home over the last year, I feel like our energy bounces back and forth all day long. Like whoever is experiencing the big energy one moment shifts to the other person. And I remember telling my husband, I was like, it literally just like jumped off of you onto me. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Absolutely. You're all sure. I mean, I, one of my things that I do, I believe in having multiple income streams. So one of the things that I do, I not only coach and host a podcast, I also still work at a children's acting school. I love the performing arts. I love children. And they play this game called the energy game to kind of teach them like how acting is like, you know, energy. And they throw the ball around like in a circle. And that just really teaches them how to like, you know, put their energy on other people. And that's exactly how it probably works in your house. Like the energy is going from person to person and you're like throwing the, they're throwing imaginary energy ball. Like yeah. Like catch it, pretend they catch the ball and then throw it to someone else. Yeah. Yep. And that's another reason why having that morning routine is so important for me. Cause it's probably my energy most of the time that starts the ball. <laughs> yeah. If mama's not happy, nobody's happy. <laughs> exactly. So that's why I'm getting up two hours before you guys. There you go. Um, let's talk about books. Well, I thought you were going to say one of your income streams was reading auras. And I was like, can we please do that right now? Oh, no. <laughs> I'm not a psychic. I'm an intuitive person, but I'm not a psychic. <laughs> I love that kind of stuff because I, I agree. I think it has such a bigger role than we give it credit for sometimes. And I love digging into that space as well. I love digging into all the spaces and meshing them all up into what works for you. But let's talk about books. I love books. I post about books a lot. I'm always looking for book um, recommendations. And like, I just, I'm always reading like a self-development up-level book. And I'm always reading just like a fiction. Um, that's part of my daily, my morning routine and my nighttime routine. But let's talk about like your favorite, like mind expanding books. Like what's your top three? If a new client comes to you, and they're looking for some help and they say, yeah, I really love books. Like that really helps me expand my mind. Which would you go to? I would say the number one is the four agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. Okay. I have that in my Amazon. Cause you know, I'm taking notes. <laughs> That's good. It's got so many great prayers and it's just everything. That book is everything. If I, if I only had one book and I was on a deserted Island, it would be that. Good. I have that sitting in my wish list. Awesome. The second one is A Return to Love by Marion Williamson. Okay. Have you read that one? I haven't. I don't think I've even heard of that one. Oh, well, yeah, I might have heard of it, but I have her on my radar for sure. She's amazing. And that was her first book. And that's just an incredible book. I really, I love her like so much. She's like my dream wedding officiant. Yeah, I love it. We're going to ask her who knows what she's going to say, but I love that book, A Return to Love. And the third one, I would say there's uh, Wayne Dyer. There's a spiritual solution to every problem. Yes, I have some of those books on my radar too, but I don't know if it's that one. And through these books, like what's the one or two or 
three or whatever concepts that really like speak to you that make them like earth shattering for you that you say like, Hey, if you, like you said, if I was on a deserted Island, this would be the one. Why do you choose those? Well, the four agreements are like, we're not, we don't get raised to learn how to live life, right? We learn math, science, English, and history. And then we have to have like relationships and learn how to be happy. So the four agreements are how to live a happy, fulfilling life. So hopefully I can remember them. Don't assume anything. Always do your best. Be impeccable with your word and don't take anything personally. If you can do those four things, you can have an amazing life. Mm, So good. So that that was my biggest takeaway from that. The return to love is based on A Course in Miracles. And that's also what Gabrielle Bernstein, she's a more modern author about A Course in Miracles. She's written The Universe Has Your Back. Um, So that is every single emotion comes from fear or love. So fear-based emotions are like resentment, anger, jealousy, frustration, anxiety, love-based emotions are happiness, love, joy, bliss, appreciation, gratitude. So you get to choose which focus you want. Your mind is like a radio dial. Do you want to be on the love channel or the fear channel? And once you realize that you get to choose, it's just so empowering. So that's a return to love. And then the third one, there's a spiritual solution to every problem. It helps you with what we talked about earlier in the interview of catastrophizing and, Oh my God, like, you know, the roof is falling in. What are we going to do? Like there's a spiritual solution to every problem. Every problem is going to be resolved. Everything's going to work out. Have faith that it's all going to be okay. You're not doing this by yourself. You have a higher power looking out for your best interest. So those are the, the three biggest takeaways from those books. And then of course my book, I can't brag, but I was going to say, let's put it on the list. <laughs> you no, know, I was looking at it on Amazon and it was uh, a book that people buy with my book is the one by Eckhart Tolle, The Power of Now. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's an awesome combo. My book and yes. Eckhart Tolle, I'll take it. So it's a, it's a very, it looks like it's a financial book, like a, you know, no money down real estate book, but it's not. It's actually a very spiritual book of how to have your life in alignment in these seven areas. And would say the name again, just in case anyone. Yes, it's called it. How to Make a Six-Figure Income Working Part-Time by right. Rebecca Whitman. It's on Amazon. It's less than 10 bucks. It's a very short, easy read. It's about 90 pages. Or if you have an Audible membership, it comes free with your membership and you get to hear me read the book. Nice. That's awesome. And yes, that's a powerhouse combo for sure. That one's definitely my wish list. So now to add all of these that are already in there, that's awesome. Yeah. Reading to me is just such a, an amazing way, like an easy, accessible way most of the time to really expand your mind. Yeah. I love that you read every morning and that's part of your morning practice. That's very inspiring to me. Yeah. I feel like if I'm honest with everyone and myself, I, that would probably be the one that I would pick if I only had 10 minutes because it's like less work on my part. <laughs> but it really just relaxes me in like a different way. I've always been an avid reader, even when I was little. And, you know, my that's one thing my daughter struggles with. And maybe a lot of kids these days, right? Because they have instant everything. It's ADD, you know, because of all the technology, our brains are trained to not be able to focus on something for very long. And we all have it. We're all addicted to our phones. We're all used to getting pings and dings and and messages and flashes. And just to concentrate for a few minutes and read, it's, it's a lost art. So it's incredible that you do it. It really is. And I look at like my kids during this pandemic and like being on Zoom and they're on Zoom and like my oldest, really not my daughter. And he's on Zoom and he can't even focus long enough because he's in his own bedroom in the comfort of his own space. And he's constantly like wants to check his phone and do other things. So it's like, not only are you already on Zoom being educated digitally, now you want to touch your phone because you see it going off or, you you know, whatever, because it's right there. So we've had to start putting the phones in drawers and different things because like out of sight, out of mind, because if you see it, you're going to touch it. Well, I feel sorry for kids because they're getting schooled on Zoom. And then when Zoom is over, they go play video games. And when video games are over, they do TikTok. They are literally 
constantly interacting with machines and technology and they're losing the human to human contact, which is really sad. I know. Like you just described my son's life, but we're <laughs> trying all the time. Like he actually jumped on a trampoline this weekend, two days in a row with his friends, <laughs> with two different right. sets of friends. <laughs> yeah. That's like, one of the seven areas social. It's important. It's an important part of life that we socialize and we don't just isolate ourselves at home with our technology. Yes. Yes. I, that's, isn't social, is that like number one on like the Maslow's pyramid or it's on there, right? Of like, oh, for be, human needs. yeah. It's like being around people that for me was the biggest part. I think my biggest challenge back when I talk about all of us being in the house together in the beginning of the pandemic was being all of a sudden extracted out of you know, even though it was like my work life, that social life of like being a parent, sometimes going to work is a little bit of your social life as well, because you get to be just yourself. You're not a wife, you're not a mom, whatever you are, you're just like yourself in this one position. And I feel like that's a part that people don't even realize that they might be struggling with is that social aspect because you grow in different ways. And that is something I'm scared about for my kids. Like my daughter's seven and isn't seven like that age when you're supposed to start separating, she'll be eight in a couple of weeks. But like when you're supposed to start separating a little bit from like the family and really developing your sense of self through your social interactions. Yeah, I think so. I'm not a, I'm not an expert on child development. I, mean, <laughs> I don't have any and I haven't studied it. So I'm, I'm not going to speak where I don't have any expertise. Yeah, no, I just think about that as like the socializing piece. And I'm like, oh, it's so important for you to just like be in a school setting or just to be doing something other than sitting in the house. Exactly. I can tell you one of the greatest things about going to work is since you're a stylist is dressing up. Yes. I love, you know, planning out my outfit, what I'm going to wear to work. It's so much fun. Oh my God. It's so much fun. And right now it's funny. Like, you know, some people are like, Oh, you started a business in a pandemic, especially one where no one's leaving the house. But I think that's why my business is doing so well right now is because people are excited to get dressed up again. Cause they've been, you know, everyone dreamed of the day where they could wear sweatpants all day, every day. And then you got to do it and you're like, okay, this actually sucks. But now there's sweatpants everywhere because I went to the mall for the first time since malls open and at every like mall chain store, it's like every different kind of sweatpants. It's so yeah. It's like all colors, all sizes, all lengths, pockets, no pockets, joggers, different kinds of joggers. Like you could go on so many holes. It's I have blinged out leopard print sweatpants with like sequins on them. Like there's every kind of sweatpants <laughs> in the sun. I love that. I love that. But yeah, there's so much power in that as well. Um, so we've talked about like so, so much. And I know a lot of this is really about getting into alignment with yourself so that you don't feel like you're burned out from checking the boxes and things like that. So when, so let's take it back a little bit to basics when you first start working with a client and I'm sure that you're not just like, Hey, here's all these seven things. And you have, to, and you have to do like three things in each section to get yourself back in alignment. Like what's the one thing that you always tell people to start with if they're just really in that space of where they feel like they don't know how, like they're just stuck. Well, we talked about the spiritual part being number one, getting the morning practice. So that's the number one thing where I start. And then the number two thing is their fitness, finding something that they can do. Everybody can do different things. We don't have to all do HIIT training or CrossFit or Pilates, but finding something that they can do three to five times a week that brings them joy and that's fun and getting them on a fitness routine. Because to me, exercise is so much more than exercise. It just clears your mind. All the hormones that get released in exercise, the dopamine, the endorphins, the serotonin, it's the exact same cocktail that antidepressants are made out of. So I would say the second thing after the morning practice is to pick an exercise that they can do three to five times a week. Oh, I love that. So we've covered a lot. Is there anything that I'm missing? Is there any 
parting words or any other pieces of amazing advice that we have not covered? We covered a lot. I will tell your uh, listeners, if you're not sure which of your seven areas are in alignment and aren't in alignment, I have a really fun, easy quiz on my website. It's fast. It's like a two minute quiz. And you can find out what's in alignment, what's not in alignment. And that way you can work on bolstering what's not in alignment and listen to my uh, podcast, The Balanced, Beautiful, and Abundant Show, read my blog. I have my dedication is to help you have all seven areas at a level 10. That's what my work is. So I would love to support you guys in any way that I could and getting all areas to a level 10. But first, we need to realize which ones are not. Oh, I like that. That's kind of, I guess, what I was trying to say without the words is like, how do how do we know where to start? Yeah, start with That's the quiz. Great. And what's um, the website for everybody? Yes, it's uh, my full name, RebeccaElizabethWhitman.com. And the quiz is right there on the front page of the website. You can't miss it. Nice. And if people wanted to reach out and connect with you, what's the easiest way um, and where can they find you? Yeah, the fastest way is Instagram. It's at Rebecca E. Whitman. I have the same handle on Twitter and Clubhouse. So it's Rebecca E. Whitman on all of those platforms. Awesome. And of course, I will put all of that in the show notes as well. Well, this is great. And I've got my books, which is what I came here for. And I will start my surrender list. I really, really like that. And the one quote that you said since we've been talking that I wrote down that really stuck out is love is space. I think Mm -hmm. that's really powerful. Yeah, love is space. That's really good. Thank you so much for being on the show today. I really appreciate it. It was my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thank you. 